Good morning. Wasn't that incredible worship? Oh, man, I'll tell you. You know, it's amazing that these songs that we sing, if you listen to the words, if you focus on the words, like that song that we just, we just sang, um, I guarantee you, there's a day that's coming when all of us are going to be sure thankful for the blood of the Lamb. And it's going to come on that day when the Lord is calling us home. And I'll tell you what a day that will be. Amen? I want to just say uh, thank you to Pastor Phil and Pastor George, and we have an incredible worship team, and I think we just need to say thank you to them. Thank you so much. Great job. I just want to say I want to welcome you, and I want to welcome all of those who are watching and worshiping with us online. If you think it's good there, you ought to be in here. So I'm inviting you to come and be a part of this whenever that day arrives that you can. I also want to just say, if you're a guest here this morning, welcome. Man, we're glad you're here. And you know what? Right after the service, I'm going to invite you, and I'm hoping that somebody near you who doesn't know you is going to come, and they're going to reach out to you, and then when they find out that you're going to get a guest, they're going to take you to the guest services, and we're going to give you some information. I think there's a free certificate for some food at the cafe, right? I guess so. So there you go. Anyway, um, but, you know, if you're looking for a home church, I really encourage you to make Central Community a part of your permanent church home. This is a church on the move. Amen? Amen. And wasn't yesterday incredible? Woo. Unbelievable. We, we served over, so, over 2,000 people, and what an incredible opportunity. And I think we need to say thank you to the Lord for allowing us to partner with Him to feed those who don't have food. I wish you could have seen the faces. I wish you could have seen their eyes as they waited in line patiently to receive a Thanksgiving meal at no cost. I wish you could have seen the expression and heard their prayers that they prayed. And you know what the best part of it is? We had several that made a confession of their faith to Jesus for the very first time. Awesome. Now, that's what's the difference between a ministry event and ministry. Our Gideons were here, and they passed out Bibles. What an amazing day it was. And I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad to be a part of this church. So today, we're in our last sermon as we are getting ready or closing out our sermon series on generosity, okay? And we're not going to talk about money, so you can just relieve, release, go, good, but I do want you to know is that next week we start our Advent series, and we're going to be looking at Christmas through Mary's eyes, and so I hope that you'll be a part of that. I want to just say to you is that today, you know what, Pastor George and a large group of people are going to be decorating starting at 4 o'clock, right, Pastor George? And so if you want to help, boy, we would love to have you. Now, I have a question for you as we begin. How many of you, when you watch what our worship people are doing up there, you say to yourself, oh, man, God could never do something like that through me? Is there anybody? I mean, some of you. Yeah, even Pastor Phil raised his hand. <laughs> but it's amazing, though, when we look, when I listen to Pastor George play the piano or play the violin, or I watch Pastor um, Phil as he sings, and the worship team, TJ, and all those guys, they play their instruments and that kind of stuff, I always think to myself sometimes, boy, I'd sure like to be able to do that. 
But I want to ask you, have you ever come to that point when you're just thinking to yourself, I wonder why God doesn't use me like he uses so-and-so? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever looked at somebody specifically and maybe you're seeing them work and you're going, wow, God, that would be really cool if you would work through me like you could through so-and-so. I want to say to you, be careful about saying that. You know why? Because what happens is, is that you begin to reinforce the lie that Satan has planted in your heart. You see, Satan wants you to start thinking, and this is what we do naturally. We start thinking, I'm not tall enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have that kind of education. I don't have that diploma. You know what I mean? And what happens is we start reinforcing in our, in our own minds the lie that Satan has planted. But I want you to hear this loud and clear. God can use you. And God wants to use you, but there's something that he always looks for in an individual before he uses them. And I'll come to that in a little bit, but here's what I want you to know. How many of you recognize that you have limitations? We all do, right? But here's the good news about that. God's looking for people who have limitations because he wants to work through people who has limitations. You know why? Because people will look at you and say, wow, look at what God is doing through that young man, or look at what God is doing through that young lady. You see, God is just looking for that vessel that he can display his power, his glory, and his might. So don't ever think God can't use you. But there is something that we need to have. And you know what? When you have this one thing, the Bible tells us that God takes notice of it. When you use this one thing, the Bible tells us that God rewards it. It pleases God. But it's the one thing that God looks at before he begins to do a mighty work in somebody's life. You know what it is? Faith. It's faith. It's believing God. It's not just believing in God, but it's believing God enough that you will act on it. Did you hear what I just said? Do you believe God enough that you would step out in faith, put yourself in a place where you could completely be embarrassed, but trust that God has spoken to you and all he wants you to do is to exhibit some faith? Belief enough to act on what you believe. Look at this scripture verse here. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he sent. You see, God wants all of us to believe in the one he sent, and his name is Jesus. But he doesn't want you to believe that he was just a great teacher. He doesn't want you to believe that he was just a great prophet. He wants you to believe and know he is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the one who died on the cross so that your sins and my sins would be wiped clean forever. That's what he wants us to believe. Stand with me out of respect for God's word. As I read a story, it's a parable. You've all heard it before comes from Matthew chapter 25, and I'm going to read verses 14 through 30. Ready? This means yes. Here we go. 
This is Jesus talking. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out, and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance." Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is God's word for God's people. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that I might learn to live by sight. Excuse me, not by sight, but by faith. Because, Father, I desire to be used by you. I want to say to you right now, I am yielding to you, and I am not my own. So, Father, show me what it is you would have me to do, and I will do it as you have given me the strength and the gifting. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to a group of individuals, okay? And the reason he wrote this letter to these individuals is because they were pretty amazing people. In fact, they had accomplished some incredible things for God. They had done so much that Paul continues to stay in touch with them because their way, the way they lived their lives was a testimony and a witness to everybody else. But now something was happening. You know what was happening? They were going through a time of trial and tribulation. In other words, they were being persecuted. And you know what happened? They began to lose faith. They began to doubt. In fact, the Bible says it this way, they began to shrink back. You ever experienced that before? Watch what the Apostle Paul now writes. 
Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering? Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution, and other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So what is Paul doing here? Here's what Paul is saying. He's saying, guys, do you remember what it's like when you first became a follower of Jesus Christ? Do you remember the faith that you had? Do you remember there was nothing that could move you? And Paul tells him, you are to stand firm in your belief in what you know about Jesus. And he tells them, persevere in your marriage. Sometimes you go through rough patches, right? See, I told you we're not the only ones. But sometimes you go through rough patches, right? You don't say, I quit and I walk away. No, what do you do? You persevere. Now watch what Paul says next. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. Hmm. What's Paul telling us here? Paul is making it very clear to us that what they're going through is only for a little while and that their reward is coming. And that reward has a name. His name is Jesus. But I need you to remember this very next thing that Paul tells us. That reward is Jesus and Jesus rewards faith. Did you hear that? He rewards faith faith. Now watch. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. What does it mean to shrink back? It means that you stop living by faith. You stop walking by faith. You start taking it easy. You start living a life of ease. In other words, you start playing it safe. And the master wants us to know he is not pleased when we live that lifestyle. Do I have your attention? He's got mine. Now I want to go back to Matthew chapter 25, our story, and I want you to know that as we start out, Jesus is getting close to that time when he's about to go to the cross, and so he's laser-focused. I mean, he's not mincing words with anybody. And so he begins in Matthew 25, and he basically says there's two things that he wants us to know. And here's the first one, be ready. And the second thing he tells us, be responsible. Okay, let's say that together. What's the first one? Be ready. What's the second one? Be responsible. And then he gives us the example. And the example is a wedding. You see, in those days, when a Jewish couple, when they had a wedding, you would go and you would have to be prepared because you weren't for sure when the bridegroom would come. So that meant that there would be times that you had to make sure you had enough oil that could burn into the nighttime. And Jesus uses that parable to tell us, don't go to the wedding banquet unprepared. Don't be foolish. Know that you need to have oil. Now, what does he mean by oil? You know what it is? It's faith. 
You can't live on somebody else's oil. You can't live on somebody's faith. Remember what they did? They b- tried to borrow oil. Can we borrow some of your oil? Would they say, no, you can't borrow and live on somebody's faith. My children can't live on my faith. They have to live on their own faith. And that's what Jesus is telling us. He is telling us loud and clear that you must be prepared, you must be ready, and you must be responsible. All right, now we get to our story for today. And the people are listening to what he's saying, and then he goes on with another parable. And I want you to remember what a parable is. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And Jesus says, again, it's like, and then he tells us, it's like a man going on a journey. And before he goes, he calls his servants together, and he entrusts them with his wealth. Here's what I want you to understand. The master is Jesus, and whose wealth is it? It's his. He's entrusting them. You know what that means? That means that there's a day coming when he's going to want it back. And remember what I've told you before? When God gives you something, he always expects it back better than when he gave it to you. Now, before we go on with the rest of the story, there's a couple things I need to tell you about you. This is good news, okay? And here's the first thing. In 1 Peter 4.10, it says, each of you, not some of you, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. So according to this, each of you should use whatever, what, gift, So according to God's word, you have a gift. Let's go on to this next one. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each one of us so we can help each other. So here's what I want you to know first and foremost. According to God's word, everyone in here has at least one spiritual gift. When you became a follower of Jesus Christ, the Lord gifted you with something very special. You don't have all of them. Some of you may have three or four or five. Some of you may just have one, but we all have at least one. All right, now, The next question I hope you ask is, so what's this spiritual gift you're talking about? Well, let's find out. A spiritual gift is a special divine empowerment bestowed on each believer by the Holy Spirit to accomplish a given ministry God's way according to his grace and discernment to be used within the body of Christ. So what the Bible tells us is that we've all been given a gift And according to God's word, not Bob's word, according to God's word, you're supposed to be using it within the body of Christ. So how are you doing? Now, the next question I know you're going to be asking is this. Okay, so we all have a gift. Okay, the Bible tells us we have a gift, so I must have a gift. And you know what a spiritual gift is. It's the divine way. It's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, okay? It's the way that God works through in supernatural ways. So the question is, well, how do I know what my spiritual gift is? And guess what? 
you got to figure that out. But there's ways that you can learn how to do that. Number one is you could attend one of our core classes. And you know what? We'll help you find out what that spiritual gift. You can go take a spiritual gift test online, or you can simply do this. Do something. Go to work. Show up at 4 o'clock with Pastor George and just go to work. And here's what I'll promise you. God loves to use moving vessels. Because once you're moving, he can start to guide and direct you. And even if you're just setting up chairs, you watch and see how God will lead you to what it is he has already equipped you to do. All right, now, next question is, is that how do you know you have a spiritual gift? There's two ways. Number one, there's joy in doing it. And you know what? It comes natural for you. You don't even have to think about it. It's It's just kind of who you are. It's just kind of what you do. And every time you do it, you walk away thinking, man, that just just brings me joy. I love doing that. And then there's a second thing. And the second way that you know it is that other people will see it in you. So it could be something like this. There's Justin, and Justin is at the door, and he's greeting, and you've been watching him. And man, he just has the biggest smile on his face all the time. And everybody walks in, it's like he knows everybody. And you go up to Justin and say, dude, what's the, what's the thing with you? I mean, do you look like you actually love what you're doing? He goes, of course I do. Every person that walks in, when I look at them, I know they have a story. You know what I want to do? I want to get to know them. I want to get to know their story. And I want them to make, I want this place to feel them like they're at home. Wow. Well, you're really good at that. You see what I mean? Now, I don't know what that is, but that's the way you know that you have a spiritual gift. All right, now, let's go back to our story. So the Bible tells us that the man, this master, went away and he gave each of the servants gifts. Now, in the Bible version that I read from in the NIV, it said it called them golds or bags of gold. A lot of you probably know this parable as the parable of the talents, Right? A talent is not an amount of money. A talent is a weight. And so if you had a talent of gold or a talent of silver or a talent of, of copper, okay, that was, that was a, a weight of an amount of money you have. But what I want you to understand is that according to God's word, each of them were entrusted with wealth. In other words, whether you had five, whether you had two, whether you had one, in God's eyes, you had a lot. One of the servants had five talents. One of them had two, and one of them had one. All right, now, what did the first two individuals do? The Bible tells us that they went and they invested their talents right away. What does it mean to invest? Here's how the Bible describes what it means. Listen very carefully. Put to work. Did you hear me? Put to work. That goes exactly with what we just talked about. What's the kind of lifestyle that does not please the master? The lazy lifestyle. The lifestyle that does not depend on God. The lifestyle that just kind of plays it safe, and I'm just going to stay comfortable. All right, now, so they invest their talents, and they both double their profits. All right, let's watch what happens now, okay? After a long time, the master of the servants returned and settled accounts with them. Ladies and gentlemen, please understand, my fellow believers, there's a day of reckoning. 
Whether you want to believe it or not, the Bible says there is a day of reckoning. There's a day when the Lord Jesus is going to come back and he's going to ask you, what have you done with what I gave you? You see, there's an expectation from our Lord that we would use this gift for his purposes. That's what he wants us to do. He wants us to take what he's given to us and he wants us to put it to work. Now watch this. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. So there's a time where Jesus comes back and he settles accounts. And what I want you to understand is this. Jesus rewards based on faithfulness. It's not on the amount. It has nothing to do with the fact that they doubled their money. What Jesus comes back and he does is he rewards the servants based on the fact that they were faithful. And what does he do? He does three things. Number one, the very first thing he does is he gives them accommodation. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Isn't that what you want to hear? Don't you want to hear someday when Jesus comes to you and he asks you, what have you done with what I gave you? And you show him and he goes, well done. The second thing that he gives him is he gives them a promotion. He said, you've been faithful with a little, now I'm gonna give you more. So here's what I want you to understand. You know what the reward for faithfulness in work is? More work. It's true, isn't it? I mean, think about even when you're out in the world and you're working and you do a really good job at your work, what does your boss do? Your boss comes up and says, man, you do so good. You know what? I'm going to put you in charge of these people. That's what happens. You are rewarded for the work that you do. And what is that? You are given more work. And then there's the last thing that Jesus does. He gives them the promotion. He gives them the accommodation. The last thing he does is he gives them the invitation. What's the invitation? Enter into the joy that's been prepared for you since the beginning of time. Can you imagine what that's going to be like? Can you imagine what it's going to be like on that day when you're laying on your deathbed and the Lord comes? What a joyous day it's going to be for the believer. Let's go on. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Mastery said, I knew that you, had a hard, you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. Here's what I want you to understand about what happens here is this servant does not know the master. He does not have saving faith. Why? because he did nothing with what the master gave him. And there was an expectation. And he even says to the master, I know you, even though he did it. And what he tells me, he says, you take what doesn't belong to you. So you know what the Lord says? Okay, I'm gonna allow you to use those words against you, okay? Now, let's go back once again and remind ourselves. So what's the goal? Here's the goal, to produce fruit 
based on the provisions God has given to you. And what I would also say to you, it's not just to produce fruit, it's to produce much fruit. What happened to the wicked servant? He also got three things that were given to him. Look at what it says. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. Then I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. All right, he also gets three words from the master and they're pretty hard. And the first one is what? It's rejection. The second thing, he's banished from his presence. And the third thing, weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want to make sure that you hear this loud and clear, and I want to make sure I get this right, okay? According to this passage, the people that are punished are the people who won't even try. So when you are saying, I wish I could do something like Pastor Phil, or I wish I could do something like Justin, or like so-and-so, I want you to understand that when you say, I don't have what it takes, be careful. Because remember how God rewards, and all he rewards on is on faithfulness. One last thing. Did you notice that when the talents, when the, when the gold, when the, when the wealth was distributed, God never told them what they were supposed to do with it? He never told them what he did. He didn't say, you need to do this with it. You need to go invest it here. He never told them. He said, I'm entrusting it to you. Do how the Spirit leads you. And God is saying the same thing to you. He's not going to tell you how to use the gift you have. All his expectation is, is this. Use it for his glory. I want to say something to you, okay? I'm sure glad that my body doesn't act like the church. Can you imagine if my right eye said to my left eye, I'm tired of looking at the things that you're looking at, I'm going my own direction. I mean, that would be hard, wouldn't it? Or if one leg said to the other leg, you know what, you're always so slow, I'm going to start hopping around. Can you imagine what the person would look like? I mean, it would be, look ridiculous. You see, the body understands that every part in it, whether it's a big toe, whether it's a little toe, whether it's my pinky, whether it's my eyes, whether it's my ears, it all works together for one thing, the body. That's why God gave us the church. We are all gifted in here, and when our gifts come together, guess what? We become the body. And what's the goal of the body? To honor the head. And who is the head? Jesus Christ. I'm asking that you would think about what it would mean to use your gift within the walls of central community. And I'm going to challenge you too. 
I'm going to challenge you, even for those who are already using your gifts, I'm going to challenge you, let's get a little better. Let's just get a little better. I remember when I was coaching basketball, you know what? Every week, all we set out to do was we want to be better this week than we were last week. But I want you to just think about this. Can you imagine what would happen if we were a church that when you came in the parking, the parking lot, before you got 20 yards, there was somebody there to greet you to say the good morning. How can I help you? And then we find out that that person is somebody new. What's your name? My name is Mary, and these are my children. Great, Mary, just go down to that guy in the green shirt, and you know what? He'll tell you where to go. So Mary goes down to that man in the green shirt, and he says, good morning, Mary. Welcome. I understand this is your first time. How did you know that? Radios, right? But what, we do, what she doesn't realize is that we gave her a map, and this map is a certain color. So that means that everybody in the church knows that when somebody's walking around the pink map, that's a guest. And so now we know our job is not just to come to church and get fed. Our job is to come and get fed and then also serve the body of Christ. And what do we do? We go to the children's ministry. We go to the cafe. We go to the greeters. We go to the second. Whatever it is, use your gift. And I promise you, we will become a church that God will say this. You've been faithful with a little. Now watch me bless you with much. When we talk about investing, you and I both know we're investing for the future. And I want to have a gentleman come up who's a very good friend of mine, somebody that I respect. His name is Dave Zavala. And I'm going to ask Dave to come forward. And I want you guys to understand something. One of the things that we're now going to start doing as we begin to turn the corner as a church is we're going to start setting up the church for the future. We're going to start focusing on what does it mean to plant seeds to grow trees that are going to provide shade long after you and I are gone. You see, that's the way that God wants us to think about his church. How are we investing and how are we growing this church so this church is not dependent on any one individual, but this church is dependent upon God? And you know what? We're setting it up for the future so that we can continue to impact this community. And one of the ways that we're starting to do that is through our foundation, and I'm going to turn it over to, to Dave, and he's going to share with you a little bit about what we're talking about here, and then I'll dismiss you with the benediction. Good morning. As Pastor said, my name is Dave Zavala. I've been a part of this church for six years. When I first came, I was helped through the grief share ministry. Over the years, I've had an opportunity to serve on the church council. I've worked with the prayer team. I've been fortunate enough to work with the Thanksgiving food distribution program. I'm a member of a small group. This church is an integral part of my life. Currently, I'm serving on the foundation board along with Vince Chaplin, Mar Fisher, Kurt Holmes, and Tim Larson. Did you know that we've had a foundation since 1975? The foundation was actually an integral part of the church being where we are here today, the infrastructure and the land that we sit on. So it's been around a long time, and like most organizations, it's gone through several iterations, and it's still in the midst of change. And what we're currently doing as a board is finding ways to reinvigorate and expand the ministry that we have. We want to have, through investments today, an assurance that Central Community Church is going to be able to do God's work into the future. So you may wonder, what's that look like to us or to you? Well, it might look like 
helping to maintain the infrastructure that we currently have to help support new ministries or add on to other ministries as we continue to serve God throughout this area. It also might mean that we have an opportunity to reach overseas and minister to those that have never heard God's word. What we're wanting to do is invest today in tomorrow. So as pastor said, we will be here in the future to serve those long generations after we're gone. Now, much like you, I probably wondered what's that mean to us individually. All of us are asked about donations. You know, he mentioned one calendar five. It doesn't matter what you have. The difference with the foundation is when you invest in the foundation, the, the foundation invests, that's money. Part of it's given today and part of it is saved up to give for tomorrow. The foundation also has an opportunity to work with assets that many times we don't think about. We're able to work with stocks and bonds, life insurance policies, retirement funds, non-financial non assets such as crops, livestock, coin and stamp collections, real estate, depreciated capital from businesses. And you know, it's interesting, sometimes we just don't know or think about what we have because after our first service, we actually had a lady come up and say, I have a stamp collection, I want you to look at it and see what you can do. We just don't think about those things. One other thing I want to make clear with you, we're not in competition for tithes. What we give here on a weekly basis, whether you give in the offering plate or electronically, goes to the operating cost of this church, and we don't want to compete with that. What we're talking about are other talents God may have given you that you can help invest, not just for today, but for tomorrow. Now, I go over a lot of things, and we're going to go have lunch. So sometimes this afternoon before you, walk, Matt, before you take your nap or the football game, you're going to wonder, what did he say? Well, don't worry about it, because we're also going to give you other opportunities to visit with us in the future. We're here simply to let you know who we are, what we're doing, and we'd like to visit with you. So what I'd ask of you today is a couple of things. First, I'd ask for you to pray. Pray about what Central Community Church has meant to you and your family. Pray about what impact you would like for it to have on your children, your grandchildren, and future generations that don't know who Christ are. And secondly, I'd ask that you be open to have a conversation with a foundation board member about how you might also work together to help us work towards the future. I have one other ask. I mentioned who was on the board. We are looking for some diversity in the board. And each of us, as Pastor said, has a talent. We have time, we have talent, we have finances that we can invest in the church. Well, we're looking for some people that have some time and some talent and would like to be a part of working with this charitable organization. So if you have an interest, contact any member of the foundation board or contact Justin Moore and let us know. We'd be happy to talk about you. I want to thank you for your time, and Pastor, I want to thank you for allowing me to share about the foundation. Thank you so much. Okay, would you please stand? Last couple of reminders. Number one, if you're looking for a place to serve, if you want to just try something, just go out to our guest services. There's somebody there that will help you. And the second thing is this, is always, this is always important. There may be someone here today who Jesus has been tagging on your heart. And you know what? You've been wondering about this God that we've been talking about, and you've just wanted to get your life back to where it needs to be, and there are some questions that you've answered.
or you need answered. You've seen the baptism and you're thinking, you know, I want that to be me. Head out to the starting point. There's somebody there that'd be more than happy to talk with you and pray with you and help you make that decision. All right, now, I hope you get plenty of food inside of you this week, okay, for Thanksgiving, all right? And remember, there's no calories in any of it, okay? (laughs) Receive the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, his joy, and his strength. God loves you. So do I. Happy Thanksgiving. See you next week.